Hello, my dears, my sweetie darlings. I hope this is working. I'm experimenting with my new iPhone as a microphone and recorder. And my old, old battered hat that always comes out in the forest with me as a windscreen. There is a heck of a lot of wind out here in this beautiful forest. In this beautiful day with sunshine in it. So if you hear a big roaring in the background, that's, that's this wind. It's coming in gusts and blusters. And hopefully this shielding method is going to keep it from driving us completely bonkers while we have the burning tarot reading of the moment. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so you're probably feeling that full moon in Libra today. It was full this morning at about 8 degrees. I happen to know that one of you out there has a natal moon very close to that. Thank you for hiring me to be your astrologer for this moment. I totally appreciate it. And now I know where your moon is. Very cool. Um, I know we have some Taurus people that listen to this. So we're influenced a lot by Venus. And Venus rules Libra, which is where that moon sits. We are going to get to the card parts of the readings, but just a little note on the astrology of the moment because it's pretty intense. We've got Venus in Aries, where she's considered to not be happy. And because Aries is Mars territory, it's war territory. But you know what? Venus Aphrodite, she's a war goddess, just like... Artemis and Athena and everybody else in the old pantheon. They have their their nice, sweet side, like we like to have our modern view of femininity, a nice, quiet, mousy thing in the corner. But, you know, women are fierce, in case you hadn't noticed. So this um, entering the war god's territory for Venus, um, I think can just make her very invigorated, creative, feisty, get out of her fucking way sometimes and she's very playful there it's possible that your card reader and sometime astrologer Ms. T happens to have Venus in Aries but it can be alarming maybe it seems too masculine or too feisty or fighty uh, so it's, it's pretty intense and she's been in a uh, perfected conjunction with the sun so kind of swallowed up by the sun hiding behind it while the sun illuminates this big glowing moon across the sky in Libra. So, um, and Chiron's up there too with Venus and the sun nearby. So they're all opposing this big moon. So, uh, yeah, you might have been feeling some intensity of late. For a lot of us, the intensity would probably be ramping up to that moon. It was for me. Oh my gosh, you guys. Wow. It was bad. It was not fun. And then the moon was full, and I suddenly was a lot better. Go figure. It was beautiful. I'll post a picture. Uh, So if you've been having that feeling, hey, you're not alone. It's a thing. It's going around. It's probably not going to kill you. And if you're just feeling it, uh, having an onset of that right now, kind of depends what your own moon looks like in your chart. Uh, and all the other fun stuff in your chart. Hang in there, you know, it's just an aspect. 
the nice thing about these planetary oops dropping the hat there the nice thing about these planetary bodies is that they move and the whole idea of astrology is that everything is in motion all the time we may call some of these planetary bodies or heavenly bodies i should say fixed stars as though as though they're not moving at all but that's that's silly we know what little we know about the universe suggests that all these galaxies and all these little solar systems within all these galaxies and the universe itself, they're all moving and expanding constantly. So whatever, you know, causes or grooves with our current emotional state, it's going to change. It's going to change in our bodies, in the celestial sphere around us, in the seasons. And there's some relief in that. There's some exhaustion in that, right? Oh, God, everything's changing all the time, and how am I supposed to keep up? But it's also kind of nice to know, right? Like, like I'm dropping this hat. Hold on. You're going, I don't, oh. You're going, I don't know about that hat experiment. All right, back into the hat with you. All right. I'm trying a different form of the hat experiment. Um, today, speaking of different, so this is springtime. It's Aries time, and it's a good time for something new. Some of you may have been waiting out COVID all this time, being safe, trying to help your own communities be safer. Even if you have a vaccine or don't have any personal health problems, you might have been kind of locked down, whether for yourself or for the benefit of everybody else, for like a year, <laughs> right? I mostly have been, and I'm kind of going bonkers. Lots of people are going bonkers. And if you're out in the forest, the wind is going bonkers. The Even butterflies, they're hatching. I had little tortoise shell orange butterflies dive bombing me on my way out into the forest today. I don't know what they wanted from me. I don't look like a flower. But um, I think they're just going bonkers because it's spring. And, and it's Aries season. It's... Um, the sun is out. We can see it. We can feel it. The squirrels are going a little bonkers. Everybody's going bonkers. So, bonkers season. That's that, that, uh, that feeling in us that makes us want something new or a change of pace. Try something new. Get out of town. Try a different meditation technique. Um, it's a, it's a big transition time. And that, that tends to make us want something new or be willing to try something new if we're the kind of people who tend to stick to our usual locations practices relationships we may find that we're really got ants in our pants right now and that ants in the pants feeling may just be oh it's time for me to do something new usually doing something new uh, it can mean just diving forward like hey there's a new thing over there that's what i'm gonna do woohoo that is a very Aries way to approach it. For some situations, some people, some circumstances, it may be more of a, oh gosh, I can't do anything new because my old stuff is all stacked around me. It's like you have to have a garage sale of your, <laughs> of your psychic baggage and even your everyday life before there's room to, you know, to walk down the street, to go to a different store than you would usually go to, much less like embark on some huge new project um, or go traveling or anything. 
So if you're really wound up and you find that it's not going anywhere, again, you're not alone. Um, and there may be a need to clear space before you can take concrete action or travel or, or even just take a new class, do a new fun thing. There just might be too much going on um, that's kind of old. I'm not trying to make a recommendation about that, but I kind of wanted to draw cards around that today, around the idea of I got to bug up my butt, I want to travel, I want to burn everything down and start over, or I want to honor what was in the past, but I need to move forward. You know, I've been having lots of angst around this stuff myself and lots of just aggro and agitation and buzzy feelings about it. And uh, talking to others, I find lots of people are in that boat. Part of that is the weather in the springtime. Part of that is the vaccine rollout. So something resembling the old is coming back into sight. But the, we'll never be back to the old. It's the new old. <laughs> and we're not quite there yet, right? We can't just be like, oh, that was, that was one year of COVID. We're all done. Many of us are still operating under a lot of restriction. So, Wow. It's such an interesting feeling. And I thought, well, let's have the cards make some, uh, make some sense for us or give us a recommendation. The cards that we're using today are new. Speaking of newness, um, I have read about the Lenormand or Lenormand, Lenormand, Marie-Anne Lenormand cards for many years without ever bothering to get a deck. Um, they have kind of a... They, Basically, they're used as a fortune-telling deck, and um, Madame Lenormand was famous in Paris. You know, she read for Napoleon and people like that. And uh, it's, uh, I guess I first heard about these decks, which um, if you can pronounce them the German way, because they ended up becoming more popular in Germany for a long time, and that's Lenormand, the, uh, and then the French way is Lenormand whatever. I'll try to do both. Just like I try to do tarot and tarot and tarot. All the pronunciations are fine. Um, so yes, I think I first learned about these, um, from Mary Kay Greer, who is one of my favorite tarot writers. Um, and she's super nerdy and does all this research. And she was fascinated with these quite a while back. And so I liked reading it, but I just didn't feel the need to go get into another whole system of cards. Um, but I was recently gifted these. They were given to me as a gift by someone in my online community. If you're looking for an online community that is not um, horrible and uh, tied to the um, big data technology systems that are kind of destroying democracy and doing a lot of problematic stuff in the world... There still are old-fashioned ones that don't do that. The one I'm part of is called The Well. You can find it at well.com. And um, it's like a very small community. There's no posting of pictures. It's just words. And it's a lot of smarty-pants people. If you go there, my login name is Magdalene. I've been there forever. 30 years, I think. Um, 29 years. And someone there sent me um, a new tarot deck and 
this Lenormand deck, which is very, very nice of them to do. They were for a publisher, and they were like, hey, you might like these. So this is super fun. Uh, new deck. We are using a new special sacred spot for me in the forest that I have not occupied previously and declared to be one of my, my spots. But uh, this is a new one. The old one is uh, being dismantled by fire ants right now. <laughs> that's where I was headed today. And that's another type of newness and change. You go to, in this case, there used to be two old, old ponderosa stumps. The trees were probably cut down 100, 150 years ago. And one of them was my special kind of altar. The other one was taken over by fire ants two seasons ago. And they did that thing where they shimmer all over the outside of it. And it's totally crazy looking. And, oh my gosh, this wind. Uh, and it's like all their bodies. You look down and you think that, the, that this stump is wiggling. And it's actually just a zillion ant bodies dismantling the stump. It's pretty cool. Kind of scary. And the Forest Service knocked over their big stump during the work the Forest Service was doing this winter. So those guys are hatching now, the fire ants, and they're like, oh, look, here's a giant stump over here. They don't care that it's my altar stump. They don't care. They're just, they're already taking over. I can see them. And I decided to let them have it. They're going to have it regardless of what I think. And so I've started a new spot that doesn't even have a stump, which for me is unusual. So I am very happy to have you at my new altar, non-stump style one. I am very happy to be using a new deck, uh, even using a system that I don't normally read. And I hope you will enjoy what I've got for us in terms of what do we do in this spring. And I am going to move the hat situation one more time. All right. All right, wind. I hope this is even working and we can even hear this darn thing So all that wind. So I drew three cards for us today, my dears, as we're coming out of this full Libra moon, as we're in our Aries season, as we're saying hello to the newness of spring whilst still being stuck in our old lives and, and uh, maybe not ready to move forward. That awkward phase, oh boy. So what are we dealing with here? What are we really dealing with? What is the matter at hand? We have pulled the 25 here in the Lenormand deck. It is associated with Taurus. And it is associated with commitment of relationship. So it depicts a bird. It's a magpie. Ooh, I saw some magpies flying last night. They were gorgeous. Anyway, here's a magpie. The magpie has nabbed a ring, a fancy gold ring with a ruby, some other goodies on it. There's a cello in the background, or maybe it's a stand-up double bass. I'm going to say cello. Uh, we see an arched window in the background. Out there, there's rolling greenery. There's a tree. There is another magpie pulling on some other ring. So this, uh, this Taurus take 
on this card talks about relationship. And the configuration we've pulled it in with the other two cards that are coming up suggests that this is a time for a letting go. A letting go of a relationship or maybe several relationships. This could be the breakup of a friendship or a marriage. It could be the time when we're deciding to leave an organization that has bled us dry and driven us nuts for years. We were just trying to help this charity, you know? You know. Or maybe we're going to be asked to leave. Like, thanks for being the treasurer and keeping the books for the last five years. We're done with you. And we're like, what? So those are all, they sound scary, these circumstances. But usually when we're in this kind of a spot, it's because something needs to change. We're back to that newness and we're back to making room for new things. That's really hard to do when we're holding on to what is old. I should know, I am a Taurus by sun sign. And Taurus likes that. Taurus wants to get married and have the castle and the gold ring. And this card is on the left, as you'll see from the photograph. So in the Lenormand tradition, that suggests um, this card, you know, that it's time to let go of a relationship or something will be let go for us. Relationship is a huge word. It's also what this Libra full moon is about. Libra is so much about relationship. And Libra reminds us relationship can be romance, it can be love, it can be our relationship to a piece of land, a home. And we have to balance. To be in relationship, we're constantly having to compromise and balance things, ourselves, other people. So I think this card goes really well with this crazy full moon. Uh, I'm not happy to see it in some personal ways because I've been dealing with this kind of stuff in my personal life and it's been very uh, confusing to me and it can be startling. Like, you know, somebody says something, you know, mean to you or, or weird and out of character and you respond like, hey, what the hell are you talking about? And they're like, yeah. And like, you're like, you want to go talk about this? Like, yeah, no, I don't really want to go talk about this. They're done with you, maybe. Or you realize, this person's a pain in the ass. I don't really care that they didn't want to go work it out. That's an astonishing feeling. It is for me. I had that recently. Where I was sort of upset. And then it just kind of... My goodness, that wind. You know, as it went on, I just thought, well... All, all I can say is I'm the person who put out an olive branch and that is good and it would have been nice to go have tea and talk to this person and work some stuff out but it also would have taken a bunch of my energy and maybe it's better to just not worry about it I disagree with this person this person disagrees with me it's not worth a cup of tea maybe it really isn't worth a cup of fucking tea huh I don't remember if I asked them out to tea, but I, whatever. I, I put out the olive branch. I said, let's go talk. So I went through this whole weird process of recognizing that I'm not sure how much I care. At first, I cared a whole lot. Oh, this is a person. I care about them. You know what? There's a whole planet full of people to care about. I have a lot of friends. My family has got to be number one. If one person 
doesn't even want to make an effort, fuck them. Off we go. But that feels startling. I'm not programmed to accept that people just part ways. I'm very Torian, and I'm a woman. My job is to fix relationships. <laughs> ah, you kind of grow up thinking that sometimes, right? So that was my process with this. So when I see the card, you know, I kind of want it to be about relationships, get committed to, and everything's great. But reading up on the Lenormand, it's like, no, actually, if you've got it on the left, it's saying relationships end. Goodbye. So there's my little personal tale uh, of what I've learned so far from that particular incident. But there's other incidents going along, too, for me. Um, and it's been kind of rough going. But in a way, I like seeing it reflected in something like a full moon in Libra and reflected in the cards that get drawn. Because then I don't feel alone. I feel like, oh, I'm just on this fateful process and I'll just keep going with it. So, um, what's going to influence this process? Well, you're going to get a letter. This is the 27 of something or other. This, the artist, uh, on the, this is a more contemporary artist, Swiss artist. They have used a symbol of a three in the corner here, which I have no idea what they're talking about. If we said it was two, we could say it was a Gemini but it's three. So I don't know. That I would have to look up. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to read the rest of the card. So we see here a, uh, a messenger bird, a dove or a carrier pigeon, pure white, carrying a letter, which is delightfully sealed with red wax. Mm, that makes me long for my old letter writing setup. I had some good seals and wax. There is at a writing desk below this bird. I would like this writing desk too. Darn it. My birthday's coming up. It's Taurus. If you want to get me a writing desk like the one on this card, I will totally take it. Uh, there is an ink pot, blue ink pot with a feather quill, a nice little chair, and a blotter with blotter paper around it. So somebody has just sat here, written out a letter, or maybe they're waiting for a letter. And here comes the bird. I, th I think the person just wrote the letter. They, blot they blotted it. Um, they folded it nicely. They put on their wax seal, and they took this perfect bird and said, send it out. So in Lenormand style, we can look at this as a message. It is on its way or has been recently received. This could be an email, this could be a text, this could be a letter, this could be reading a letter to the editor of the newspaper, <laughs> you know, whatever. A communication, it could be a phone call, it could be somebody you see in person, I suppose, but it's more likely to be in the form of a message. Perhaps you have um, dug up a scroll on a recent archaeological dig. <laughs> you could learn from that. Uh, it's a message for you. You can also have this feeling when you're reading a book and you kind of want to underline a passage. You're like, oh my gosh, that's just how I feel right now. Or this reminds me of my thingamajig. That is another way that these messages can come through. 
And certainly through any kind of divinatory or oracular action, you know, if you've been reading cards, um, that kind of thing, you can find messages that way too. For most of us, this is going to be direct. You're going to get an actual message that's for you or have already received this message. Maybe it was a voicemail that gave you a feeling And you need to go into that feeling if you're going to let it help you with the magpie's decision about where to commit energy and where to cut and run or at least take a break. So think of any missives that might have been sent your way or that you might have sent out. Um, Yes, you can include an argument on Facebook if you must. Uh, But look for the personal feeling in your gut of like, oh, that's for me. And it it brings up emotions for me. They don't have to be good or bad emotions. They could be both. But they should be reasonably strong. This is a message that you're bothering to think about. Maybe you didn't feel too emotional at first, but three days later you found, you know, I keep thinking about that weird card my sister sent me. And she didn't, I mean, it's a nice card, but why did she send me a card with, you know, if you've been thinking something that you might find irrational, like, why do I care what the picture was on that card or that she signed off, have a nice spring instead of love? You know, if you find yourself nitpicking over a message, let yourself nitpick because that's you trying to tell yourself, here's the person that I need to deal with. Here's my magpie stealing the golden ring. (laughs) Here's where I need to put some attention and make some decisions. Um, And so what guidance can can we take if we are looking at changing a commitment, changing a relationship, ending a relationship, dealing with the loss of someone, or or just a relationship with them, a job with a bunch of people in it, you name it. As we face this, where should we go? What are we looking for? Well, I liked the responding card that we got for this. It's the 16. And it corresponds to Aquarius. This depicts um, a beautiful archway with gorgeous carved, I guess, queens, ladies with crowns on the columns. A white cat with a red collar is looking out this, you know, sort of pseudo-medieval archway. Or is this more classical? I don't know. I can't remember my architecture. It's a cool cat, and it's got a red collar. So it's looking out into a nighttime sky. There is dark but fairly calm water. And there are beautiful stars twinkling above. And there's an astrolabe, there's a globe, a celestial sphere, and a lovely brass telescope next to the cat. So the Lenormand uh, interpretation thingamajig says that astrology is one of the answers, one of the, you know, things associated with this card. So how do we respond to this moment? We do astrology. I'm like, yes, I'm taking this, you know advanced level master class in my astrology so so for me that's exciting 
But it also means let's go into our nighttime selves. Let's look out into the night and our own darkness to see the clarity that the stars can bring and the perspective that we get when we understand how we fit into the larger universe. (laughs) No pressure or anything. Just figure out exactly how you fit into the larger universe. But what I mean is, you know, we have this sort of cliches of, you know, lying on your back looking at the stars and you feel so small and or you feel so connected to the the great universe and the fates and the things that you don't understand and they're huge and isn't it wonderful and or maybe you believe that God made them and that's cool or do you understand the physics of it and you're incredibly amazed by the the dance and the geometry but there's also just the sense of we have to allow the stars we don't have to do anything for or to the stars we're not going to change them there is an allowment allowance sounds wrong it's like here's stars give me my pocket change uh my pocket money no like an allowing when we when we're out there really contemplating the heavenly bodies in astrology or better yet in real life looking out there at the stars we are acknowledging enormous systems over which we have no control so in those cases we're adapting ourselves to the motion of the gods the legends the stars the you know history the physics whether we're trying to make sense out of it by going like i'm a taurus therefore Oh, wow, this wind! Woo! (laughs) Wow. Let's just hear the roar for a minute. Man. It's like that wind, you know. This wind here, we can say, oh, it's, it's the wind kicked up because of global warming and because I bought this pair of sneakers made in some factory in China, and that's a problem. There is some of that at work, but largely I, as an individual, I don't get to choose that wind. I don't get to choose that those stars are out there. And when I'm gazing at them at night, it's wonderful to know that. It's wonderful to be in any situation where I really can understand. Like, I'm just... There's a little person sitting here. Now, the great woo, the great woo of the universe, may have special messages for me or may have designated me in any particular moment as this white bird here. I'm the person who's supposed to write the letters and seal them up and get them to the next person. Many of you are creatives of a similar sort. You're a writer or you read oracles, or you're involved in astrology, or tarot, or activism. These are all different ways where we become kind of a conduit for what we can call, what we can perceive as a heavenly kind of energy, or a uh, the great woo is kind of speaking through us, asking us to, to take some messages around as part of our job. Nonetheless, I can't move those stars. I can write down the points where they are and I can read about what people have thought about those points in the sky for centuries and centuries. And I can just lie on my back and go, wow. I can observe the passage of the satellites 
And I might think, isn't that magical that humans could invent that? Or I might think, somebody shoot that space junk out of the sky. Get it out of here. Let, let, you know, let Elon Musk fly around up there and get all that garbage out of the sky. Who knows? Most of what I see are actual heavenly bodies that seem to beam down upon me. Could be with indifference or could be with the warmth of the whole universe. That's kind of up to me to decide in any given moment. But the relief is that I can commune with those stars without feeling like it's my job to change them. So for me, that's part of the joy of uh, hanging out with the stars. You know, the astrology piece gives me, you know, a little monkey brain thing to do <laughs> to do with the stars, which I enjoy very much. I love that I'm back into that. I, I practiced astrology professionally in my 20s, and it's really fun coming back and going in deeper. But the larger meaning of the stars is who knows? The larger meaning of the stars is wow. So this card here, our 16, is in Aquarius. It's associated with Aquarius. So that the part of us that wants to innovate, that wants to listen to or create messages, um, that's a smarty pants with a big brain, uh, that might be very activated at this point. And that's good. These cards are saying deal with changes in your environment, in your relationships. Be aware of messages where your own emotional system is trying to tell you, like, there is change afoot. And or you need to make that change instead of waiting for somebody else to do it. So where do you look? You look to the stars. You look to daily practices that put you in touch with the larger natural world. You look to the nighttime, the nighttime sky, the nighttime within you. And my favorite way to access that is to shut the bathroom door and take a big deep bath. <laughs> That's my favorite, like, I'm going to go deep into some weird meditation. I do it in the bath. That's just me. Whatever. You probably have your own methodology. Maybe take a walk. Certainly turn off the frickin' phone and computer for like an hour. Yeah, give yourself a little moment. That Aquarian energy we've got with this card might, uh, might encourage us to be like, I'm going to do this all on the internet while I'm reading a book and watching TV. Nah. You need to kind of get away from that so you can go deep. And I think that the, the, this card expressly, expressly says, hey, look at astrology. Look at the stars. Do some astrology. That process involves acknowledging fate. The whole idea of fate and fatedness which releases us from uh, micromanaging every moment and every relationship. So as we delve into that, that bigger, deeper, wow space, it may help us to just go, you know, I, I can't really know what's going to happen to that relationship later. I don't need to obsess about it. I can let it go or I can just let it go for now. Maybe that person comes back around. They send me a one of these birds with a, um, a message in, in its beak in six months. Well, in six months, I can decide whether I want to take that person's message. But for right now, I can understand that that might be part of some much larger process that isn't really about me fixing everything every day for every aspect of my life, much less anybody else's 
or even for some of the larger issues that I care about. There's a, this, uh, the three of these cards together, I think are, are really pointing towards the letting go. Sure, your activism is important. Sure, your uh, anti-racism workshop you're taking is important. Sure, your decisions about whether to buy organic food are important. Sure, it matters, you know, whether you're setting appropriate boundaries with your great-aunt Hattie. But there's also a, a time when sometimes we need to chill out and let some of that go. Where we say, I'm part of some huge processes that may or may not involve how I relate to my great-aunt Hattie and whether or not I bought, let's say, a non-organic chicken at the store today because I couldn't find any organic chickens. So um, sometimes you just have to take the chicken. This is an inside joke for one of you listeners, but I loved your story about it, so I'm just sharing it. There are some moments where we have to kind of get less uptight and understand that we just don't, don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, Astrology and stargazing are fun ways to acknowledge that fate is bigger than us, that we can get messages from it and find a role for ourselves, and that's cool. But we can't control everything. We can't change everything on purpose all the time. Oh, these are tough messages sometimes for me. Amazing wind. I'm going to take the phone out of the magic hat and let you hear the wind And then we're done. Burning tarot kids, you're all kids. (laughs) Um, I enjoy you guys very much. Thank you for being part of the small handful of burning tarot. Barrow? Tearing barrow. Turning barrow. The turning barrow crowd. I very much appreciate it. I uh, love your comments and emails, burningtarot at gmail.com. I really do love the feedback on the personal readings that you get through my online shop and also just on the podcasts. You guys are fascinating, endlessly fascinating. So keep that part up, and I hope that y'all get through this spring okay. Maybe even brilliantly and wonderfully. Bye. Here's some wind with no hat over the phone.